The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM, featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Michael Sams is a story, Sam. Michael Sams. This man says he's gay. He's going to be entering the NFL draft, and nothing, no one can do about it. What do you think hey, about this, Sam? Hey, Daryl, I think it's a, a groundbreaking moment in um, in our society and um, in the sport. Uh, the NFL is uh, they're they're about to be. Uh, faced with some tough, tough questions. Uh, teams are going to have to make a decision. Do they want to draft a guy like Michael Sam uh, based off of his own-the-field production at the University of Missouri? Um, everything before this announcement had him as a 6'3", 255-plus pound defensive end. Uh, he, it, depending on the system, as he was, he's looked at as a defensive end or outside linebacker. He was an All-American. He played in the toughest conference in football in the last 10 years, arguably the SEC. He was the defensive player of the year in the SEC. He was a first-team All-American. Uh, but that is before he made the announcement that I am an Afro-American man and I am gay. And, uh, you know, that that really changed everything there. I, I really feel that, uh, that, that this is big. This is uh, big like Jackie Robinson. Uh, this this is a very historic moment. We are in Black History Month, Daryl. And uh, I'm not saying that everyone's going to accept this. I'm not saying that everyone uh, likes this. I mean, because for every um, person that congratulates him, there is what we call a hater out there. And we just were off the air and was reading some of the nasty comments that people were saying about Michael Sams. And some, some, sometime, Daryl, people are going to come out. And they're going to go on the record, and they're going to say, oh, we support you. But they really don't support that action, Daryl. No, they don't support that action, Sam. But, Sam, let's just get to the root of this. To me, this is a undersized defensive end who's projected to go between maybe four and six, fourth round to the sixth round. Now, are we – is he actually trying to hold the NFL hostage to say, hey, you better pick me between the fourth and the sixth round because that's where I'm supposed to go? Or is he really, or is he really putting pressure on the NFL to the point where they're going to say, hey, we don't need this kind of attention. Uh, we don't want this kind of attention on our team. You, 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 you're going to bring this Tim Tebow syndrome to us that too much, too much attention is not a good thing. 
We don't want the, the paparazzi and the sports writers standing at our gates trying to get a photo of you. Um, I, th- I think this is just a bit much. And I think, I think um, Mr. Sam would have better, better served himself to uh, keep his mouth shut. You know, it's an old saying, it is best to be silent and thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. And I think this man has spoken and removed a lot of doubt in the foolishness that I think he's not, not I wouldn't call it foolishness, but this is unnecessary attention, man. And I think if he had just came out and been a linebacker from Missouri, he would have had he would have been better served than to be a gay linebacker from Missouri. Well, Dara I tell you, he announced to his teammates at the University of Missouri in in August, um, and and they accepted him. They were willing to go to war for him. Uh, the one thing we do know about NFL teams is that distraction word. They don't like guys who are are distraction. Uh, it hurt Terrell Owens later in his career. Uh, I feel that that's a big part of why no one wants to touch Tim Tebow because there are some teams that will be willing to develop Tim Tebow, but he's such a distraction. Uh, do you want media constantly asking you about Michael Sam, the gay defensive end, the gay defense alignment? Uh, some teams are automatically going to take him off their draft board. But uh, there's going to be some teams, Daryl, and, and now in, the, in this day and age of the salary cap, there's a lot of late-round guys, mid-round guys that are being productive, that are called upon to produce. I don't think anyone's going to draft or give Michael Sam a, an opportunity to play in the NFL because he's gay. I believe when they turn on the film and they watch his body of work, I'm going to go on record and say that Michael Sam will be the first gay football player to ever be drafted that that has came out that's openly about it that will be drafted in the NFL uh, draft. Uh, where he's going to get drafted, I'm not sure. But I think when teams look at his body of work, because I can promise you, in the last, I, we can go back 15 years. And I don't have the stats in front of me, but I can promise you that in the last 15 years, every SEC defensive player of the year was drafted somewhere. I'm not saying they were first rounder, but I guarantee you they were drafted. And again, some teams, he's off the board. They want nothing to do with him. And, but, and uh, you're, when, you're right, Sam. Some, some, a lot of teams will keep him on their board, but there are many teams right away, they took him off the board. Uh, I can tell you right now, I don't think the Miami Dolphins would touch him with a 10-foot pole because of the situation with Incognito and Martin this season. Uh, I think it's a lot of other teams that are not going to, to even consider him. And I really think if he was just an undersized linebacker from Missouri, he would still be on their boards. So I think in, a, in, in this situation, I think he's actually hurting himself. And, and you and I both know, Sam, when it gets down to, to, to this point in your life where your college career is over, you're about to step into the NFL, NFL it's all about you and you being focused. He's okay. taking the attention off of himself, man. And I, and I think this is not a good thing. I think he's, he's made this about a gay pride thing, about a gay athlete, and not about Michael Sam, the linebacker. I think this is a very bad thing. 
I think this this is a situation that could could possibly um, let's let's take it back a couple of years uh, when uh, Brian uh, what's his the real wide receiver Des Bryant from the Cowboys he's interviewing uh, the scout asks him about his mom being a prostitute mm-hmm. uh, there's nothing off limit in these interviews and um, you have been through the process so high of being of getting ready to enter that league. And the one thing we know about the NFL is they don't miss when they're investigating. It's rare. Not that they're perfect. Some guys can fall through the crack, but nine times out of ten, the team know about all character issues and everything. So with that being said, Daryl, this man is going to enter the NFL. Is it better to lie or keep a secret? Or to come on out and just let them know what they probably already knew. Because I guarantee you, the chances are, teams already knew that he was gay. Now, the the question that, the the thing is, they knew and probably were more willing to draft him without society knowing. Exactly, sir. But now with everybody knowing that puts them in a trick sack. But at the same time, I just really feel that his body of work is, is going to speak for itself. Uh, hey, has he changed professional sports for, forever, Daryl? Sam, Do you think I, this decision has changed professional sports forever? No, I don't see the Jackie Robinson effect that you see with him coming out and saying he's gay. I don't see him having the star quality of a Jackie Robinson. You know, I don't see it. if he had the star quality of of a of a. Of a I'm not saying Magic star Johnson quality. I'm not saying star quality. Aaron I'm just Rogers. saying Jackie he, Robinson he, broke he, the color barrier in baseball. Hey man, we know that there's a lot of gay athletes out thank there. Thank you, right? Sam. We thank know you. that, and, and Sam, but they it, don't have the courage <clears throat> to come out and do what Michael Sam's has done. You just posted a question that NFL do their homework and they do the background checks. How many players do the NFL already know and they've already drafted that they knew were gay? They knew they were gay when they drafted them. Those players are on rosters. Some of them been there for five, seven, eight years. And the NFL knew they were gay then and they knew and they know they're gay now. You understand what I'm saying? And none of them made headlines saying, hey, I'm gay. Pick me in this year's NFL draft. None of those guys came out and did that. They all went to the NFL combine. They performed. They did their duties. They they went home, and they wait, waited for the draft. This young man has come out and made society understand, hey, I am gay. I'm a linebacker. I'm waiting to get drafted. I think you're almost throwing this in the NFL's face saying, hey, you better draft me. I don't care. I want you to know I'm gay, and you better draft me. He would have been better served to me to sit back, keep his mouth shut, like a lot of these other guys that are in the NFL now playing as gay athletes or in other sports playing as gay athletes. You know, don't don't ask, don't tell. But you don't have to put a, put a, a, a billboard up saying, hey, I'm gay. Oh, I'm Michael Sam, the linebacker from Missouri. Missouri. I, I think you're wrong for doing that. I think you're bringing too much attention to yourself, you know? But, uh, you know, in his interview, he said that, hey, he wanted to be able to tell his story and not the media force it. That is, I, I can respect that. Uh, but at the end of the day, 
at the end of the day. You know, Sam, there's some guys in the NFL, um, some of them have committed horrible crimes that no one knows about. And I don't see them coming out and say, hey, you know, um, I hit that pedestrian on the side of the road one night when I was drunk, and I never stopped. You know, the, the people are just not coming out openly, opening up their private lives. You know, your private life is your private life. Your sexuality is your private life. Your religion is your private life. We don't have to be exposed to this. And, you know, and, and people are always going to find something to say about you. You know, uh, if, it wasn't, if it wasn't TMZ, it might have been his hometown newspaper came out and said it. It said that, oh, he's gay. And then that may have started a big flow of information. For now everybody's researching and trying to find out, is he gay, is he gay, is he gay? Well, he's, he's opened that can of worms already. He's told us. And I think he's wrong for this. I think he would have been better served just to live his life, play out his career. A lot of people want to be, be seen and not heard. Not seen and heard. And this, one, this guy seems like he wants to be seen and heard. You know, but, his body of work on the field should have been plenty of, um, should be enough to get him where he wants to go, not his body of mouth work. Not his body of mouth work, but Daryl, we don't know how it is to be, to live with that, that secret and be miserable. You know, people have taken their own lives, man, just for living in that, just being afraid to come out because they are afraid of how they are going to be accepted in society. I really feel that it was a weight off of him when he it was when he was able to tell his teammates at Missouri and they accepted him. Uh I really feel that he was at peace last night when he came out and he spoke openly in his interview. Uh, obviously, he had to do his research, Daryl, because the easy way out is to say, hey, I'm going to wait until I get drafted. If they find out, they find out. But I ask you this, Daryl. How would this story have played out if the media broke this story and Michael Sam said nothing? And then he had to answer that question. So is it better to be in charge or in control where you get to tell it on your own or for to have the media break the story and now you got to answer all of these questions. Why didn't you tell us you were gay? So, and, and I mean, that's something that obviously you have to think about when you make an announcement like this. Because again, to me, there's no win in this for Michael Sam's. He came out, it was very courageous, it's going to be accepted by some, and some are not going to like it. And that's in a lot of things that we do in life uh, and in sure. society. But that's for sure. my point is, when you look at it, the media breaks this story. No Michael Sam. So now he really has to duck and dodge. But now you get to tell your own story. He's in control more Sam. so than the media. It, and, and, and again, it, it's, it's going to be up to a general manager, a team, and the guys in that locker room. And I tell you what, if I'm a general manager and I'm a head coach, I, I have to know the makeup of my team, the guys, the leaders, because it's not going to fit in a lot of locker rooms. Sam, it's not going to fit in a lot of locker rooms. And, I, and I'll, I, I'll say this, man. <laughs> Michael Sams is bringing this to himself. 
All right, you know, we, we, we're saying if the, media, if the media had exposed him and said, hey, um, we, have a gay, we have a gay guy going into his NFL draft. And he came out and said, yes, and it's me, the SEC Defensive Player of the Year, Michael Sams. It would have been a whole different, we would have looked at him a lot different than him came, coming out and say, hey, I am Michael Sams, SEC Defensive Player of the Year, and I'm gay. Nobody asked you that, man. TMI, TMI, too much information. We don't need to know all of that about you. You know, you don't, you, you don't need to expose all of that, to, uh, all that information to us. So I think it would have been, I think it would have been terrible if the media brought it out. I think there. it would have been, I, I, I think I, he would have been looked at, it, he would have been looked at as a champion. He would have been looked at as a hero. If the if he had, if the media had come out and said, "Hey, we got a gay football player going in this year's NFL draft," then he would have come out and say, "Hey, it's me. I'm the gay I'm the gay guy you're looking uh, for." Well, well, you? why come out? Nah, I I I, I just don't. I, and again, I, to me, it's still a no win situation. If the media would have brought it out, or him coming out against. Different strokes, different folks. Again, when the first lady applauds you, the president applauds you. For everybody famous that applauds you, you're going to have 10 haters that's going to say that freaking derogatory word. Uh, he should have just kept it to himself. And, uh, you yeah, you're going to have those people that are going to say that. But, hey, Sam, the first lady and President Obama applauded um, of Jason Collins when he came out. But it, it and you look what it did for his career, and 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 we all know that he came out at the end of his career. Because I'm telling you right now, if he had come out ten years ago and said that, and, and, and trust me, times were different ten years ago. We know that. But I don't think an an NBA player can come out now and say I'm gay. I'm op- openly gay because it's gonna it's it's just gonna cause a lot of problems in the locker room. So if LeBron James came out and said he was gay, uh, you don't think he would get a max contract next year? Um, I think the Lakers are hiring. I think all the teams in the <laughs> NBA are hiring LeBron James. We came out and said he was gay, and that's my point, Sam. This guy here it doesn't have a star quality of a LeBron James. Because if, if, if he had the star quality of LeBron James, I, I don't think it would stop his, his NFL um, draft status at all. It wouldn't slow his draft status down at all. But because he doesn't have the star quality of a Jackie Robinson, LeBron James, it's, hey, it's going to hurt him. And it's going to hurt him bad. It's time. It's time. I want to congratulate Michael Sams on making this announcement. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info. You and I'm on the Voice America Network. We'll be right back after this break. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we... We cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info. Europe. Hey, Sam, you know, um, in the 70s, there was a guy that played for the Redskins. Um, his name was Jerry Smith. And uh, Jerry Smith had a career, a career catches of 421 passes, 60 touchdowns, um, was all pro twice, and and he held this. He held the NFL receiving records for tight ends for a long time. Um, Mr. Smith died in 1986 of AIDS. <clears throat> throughout his entire career, no one knew that he was gay, and no one knew that he was a, a gay NFL player. Um, Mr. Smith's sexuality was confirmed after his death by a former teammate, um, pro NFL football player David Copay who had come out of the closet earlier. Now, Mr. Copay actually um, informed the NFL and came out and said that Mr. Smith was gay. And Mr. Smith's uniform, part of his uniform, is a part of the, um, the part of his 19, part of his uniform is part of the, um, the AIDS quilt. You know, so the NFL is represented by by gay Americans, by by the gay community, and it's even a part of the first gay quilt that was ever made. And um, you know, I think, and I'm gonna tell you right now, you know, Mr. Smith had a had a had a pretty good career, had a great career in the NFL, but he never came out and said that he was gay. This is this is this this man is also voted one of the greatest, one of the eighty greatest Redskins ever. He's in the he's in the uh, Washington Redskins Ring of Fame, you know, and and he was gay. He wasn't openly gay, 
but he was gay. He was and, a and, gay. And that's why this story is getting so much airplay, Daryl. This has potentially to be the first openly gay, and I'm, I'm going to say active. Uh, and and I, I commend Jason Collins for making the decision he made. But again, the very tail end. Now we're talking about a guy that's potentially drafted into the NFL, a guy that has the potential to spend a couple couple years in the NFL, Daryl. Uh, we know about the guys that played eight, ten years, had great careers, and later came out. The only thing, uh, the only people that, um, the, well, the only thing we can say about them is some of their teammates expected it, and uh, w- once it was announced, they confirmed it, and it's easy to say, yeah, I would have accepted this guy with open arms. In the locker room, uh, again, we were talking off the air. You mentioned one of your teammates uh, after you guys were done playing at the University of Miami uh, came out and said that he was gay. So I posed the question to you. If you guys would have known, knew that he was gay when he was playing, would you have accepted him? And your response was yes. So of my course. next so my next question was, why not? Michael Sam, his teammates at the University of Missouri accepted him uh, when he told them something that they suspected for years. So now I have to ask you the question. Did you guys. Did it cross your mind that your teammate was possibly gay? No, no one on our team ever knew that he was gay. You know, he that was something he held inside of himself. And, and I'm and I'm sure. If I had known he was gay, some of the insensitive gay comments I made uh, during that period of my life would have would have been different. I would have said things different. I would have acted different. Now, um, Sam, I'll say I've said this to you many times. If you take a hundred men and put them in a room, you're gonna find one or two of them that are gay. That's just that's just how it is. And if you took if you went to a hospital and you took a hundred men that worked at a hospital, you're going to find one or two of them are gay. So we, we, we live in a society with, with gay people in, in, in the midst of us constantly. It's nothing wrong with that. But I, I, I think we have a problem when we start basically using this as a stepping stone to, to increase, our, increase our careers or make there, us... I, I, and that I don't agree with, because if anything, the only thing that this young man has done is hurt his career, in my opinion, by making this announcement. Maybe not in his mind. Now, Maybe in his mind, he looks. Is he getting a lot of media play? Is he getting a lot of media play? Is this a book deal for him sitting on a table right now? But in the football, as a football player, his football career, because I tell you. To play the way the young man played, he has to have aspirations of being a professional football player. And to me, the easy and the coward thing would have been to just hold it in and and, and not say anything. And then you let the team deal with what they probably already knew uh, once you decide that you're going to tell them. But uh, because there's going to be people that are not going to touch the young man. there's going to be comments made on other teams. Oh, you let that so-and-so beat you for a sack. Or you couldn't block that so-and-so. And, uh, I, I mean, you, you have to be honest. Uh, we've both been in locker rooms. Uh, 
uh, we both said comments, uh, said stuff that we probably shouldn't have said about people uh, and not knowing if they were straight or gay. And, uh, you know, I've read a lot of articles where even gay players or gay men, they say the same derogatory comments because they're trying to fit in uh, and hide and, and prove to their teammates that they are straight. But there, the truth of the matter is, if any of my teammates were gay at the University of Michigan, uh, regardless of, of what comments I made about them or we made about each other, uh, I could joke with them, but when nobody else going to F with them. Uh, and I feel the same way. Because if that happened, uh, they were, they were going to have to fight both of us or all of us. And, uh, you know, and, and that's what's part of being a family. And the, and the only questions that, uh, I know it's going to be hard. Is is he willing to go to war on the field? Is he willing to pay the price in the workouts? And for some, that's going to be enough. And, it is, and, Sam. And, but, and for some also, I don't care if he's freaking Ray Lewis. They don't want to be around him. That's true. But, Sam, we have to understand, and I guess you know, me and you understand, but I think we have to convey to other people that the camaraderie in the locker room of an NFL team is not the same camaraderie that we find in a college locker room. I mean, in college, man, it's almost like, man, we, we, we all are brothers. We all thicker than thieves. We all in this thing together. And in the pros, it's different. In the pros, it's, all, it's almost like guys don't hang out like they hang out with each other in, in college. They don't really have the camaraderie that they have in, in a college setting. And maybe it's because we we live in the same dormitory. Uh, we, we, we attend the same classes. We're on the same campus all the time. Where in, in the pros, we have freedom to, to travel around. All, everybody has a car. And in college, only a couple of guys got cars. And somebody's probably borrowing one of those cars all the time. Where in the pros, man, everybody has their own agenda. They have their own money. They have their own life. They and got their just, families, man. I, and they, I, I really and they feel, have their own families. I, I, I really feel them. that that was the that was the biggest difference uh, to me. You know, college. You like like you said, there you 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 shower together, you you practice, you go play video games, you yeah. eat training table together, right. you go to study table together, you get back from study table, you're gonna go grab something to eat with most of your buddies, and, and most of the time your crew consists of a football player. It's rare that a couple outsiders penetrate that crew. When you Very get to the when you get to the next level, uh, to to me the big shock was it's like man, you know I don't have a dorm to go to. Uh, I got to go to my apartment and be by myself. It's uh, right. it's either I'm going to study or uh, study my playbook. I'm going to play some video games or hang out. It, it's not a lot of that going on. Uh, you might find one or two guys, but. I mean, you got guys that have their girlfriends, they got kids in school, they're trying to get home to their wives, and um, it's a very big adjustment. It's almost like going from high school to college. You're like, wow, Um, no more mom and dad, time management. uh, And it pretty much comes down to time management. You got to find guys that kind of like to do what you do, but at the same time, you got to. You got to go home. You got to study. You got to focus. It's a business, man. Some guys are fighting to get that one or two years in that they need to get their pension. Some guys' goal is to get 10 in. And, uh, you know, they're trying to. And then you're fighting for your job every week, man. In college, you know you got your scholarship. You know you got your training table. You got to stay eligible. 
Uh, in the NFL, man, you got guys that are coming in week in and week out. They're working out. And uh, especially when you're one of the bottom guys on the roster like I was, if you even see a guy that looks like your body sign, you're like, damn, I hope he's not a linebacker. <laughs> well, I hope he's not a running back. Uh, but, man, uh, it, it's tough. But uh, I, I really feel uh, in today's world, uh, you know, you look at the, the Winter Olympics. That was a big issue about the gays. Uh, we have same-sex marriage. We have marijuana is legal, Daryl, in, in a lot of states. Uh, I, is it right, or it, will it ever be right? Uh, me of personally, it'll be right someday. Yes. I mean, why not now? I guess that's what Michael Sam said, and uh, I, me per, I don't have a problem with it. If the guy can play football, man, hey, shit. If he's one of the best 53, if he can help a team win, I don't have a problem with it. It ain't like he's out there painting his nails pink. And, and um, What's wrong with that? Ain't nothing wrong with that either. I, I think guys would be more um, upset about him painting his nails pink and whooping their ass than um, him being gay. That, but, that uh, we're now we're talking, Sam, because the bottom line is, man, if this guy can play, he'll be on a roster. If he is a dominant player, he will be on a roster. Now, and he was a dominant player in the SEC. You're talking well, about hey. Javon, Javon Klein, Javon Klein, probably going to be a top five pick. He was in the SEC. You had teams double and triple teamed him. But I tell you what, everybody that played Missouri, they knew who number 52 was, and they knew that they better get a hat on him or he was going to bust their butt. I don't they doubt knew, that. They knew that. And uh, you know what? He's going to have to earn his money, man, because I tell you, don't nobody want to be that guy to get beat by him in training camp. Oh, no. Oh, every, every day is gonna, he's going to have to earn his money. And every day is, is almost like a playoff game for this young man as he tries to make an NFL roster because nobody wants to be known as being beat by that gay guy. You know, being beat by that guy that has a boyfriend. Now, you know what I'm saying? When I, I was thinking about this today. How many of us have guys pick us up? You know what I mean? Hey, man, could you come by and pick me up from the dorm? Or could you come by and pick me up from here or there? But every time a guy picks him up from now on, it's going to be like, is that your boyfriend or is he your man? You know, th these, this is the kind of scrutiny that's going to follow him the entire time he's, in, he's involved in athletics from this point on in his career. And I think that the NFL is just not ready to, to, for this cloud to follow their team around. I don't know which team is going to give this man a shot, but I think the team that, just like um, 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 Bill Belichick gave Tebow a shot last year, but he cut his behind because he really wasn't good enough. You know, and I think this kid here is going to get a shot. He's going to get think, drafted, I think that, I'm, I'm not even sure he's going to get drafted. I'm, I'm, I, I think his, his four to six round may have become a free agency now. He will be drafted into the National Football League. That's going to be history right there in itself. That is. But, uh, That's why it may not happen. But, Darrell, the one thing that teams put a premium on is doing what? Rushing the quarterback. Got to have it. If the guy can rush the quarterback like he did in the SEC, he's going to make some money. He's going to have a pretty good career. Uh, is he, will he be a 10-year guy? I can't say that. And normally, Darrell, when you're that mid-round draft pick, you stick around three four years unless you just uh, – 
So uh, you're talking about a guy that's potentially in the NFL three, four to five years, and depending on the system, I can really see him becoming an outside linebacker. He has a he has, in a three, four uh, system. Uh, he has a high motor, and uh, I'll tell you a guy who I think would where he would be a perfect fit at a guy who allows his players to be themselves, a guy who just won a Super Bowl championship, a guy by the name of Pete Carroll. To me. This is the type of guy that Pete Carroll welcome with open arms there. Late-round draft pick that's been their little motto lately. They take guys. They look for talent. The guy can rush the pass. He's cheap labor, man. At the end of the day, a couple hundred thousand dollars signing bonus, uh, $300,000, $400,000 a year, Daryl, to, to billionaires, that's nothing. I agree. And I, I, I really feel like he could possibly play for Pete Carroll. He could play for a lot of teams. He could play for a lot of teams, but... It, he threw Which some shit in the game. He threw some shit in the game. Yeah, he did, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> unnecessary. You understand what I'm saying? This, this, this garbage he threw in the game is unnecessary. Didn't have to do this. And, and you know, when, when you look at this guy, man, he, he is, is he just another Hugh Douglas? You know what I'm saying? An undersized defensive end. Or is he the next Elvis Dumerville? Now, if he's the next Elvis Dumerville, I can see some NFL teams maybe taking some chances on him. But if he is just going to be just an average defensive end, and not to say that Hugh Douglas wasn't an average defensive end. I think Hugh Douglas was, was way above average. But if this guy is just going to be an average um, NFL defensive end, I don't think teams are going to take a chance on him. I just now if he gets to combine and he gets out there and run a a a, a, a four six two, and it has a vertical jump of of uh, forty one inches, man, it, it, his stock his stock may go up. He might be a third round pick. Well, but um, all eyes are going to be on him at uh, the combine. And uh, you you want to earn your money? He's going to have to go to the combine. He's going to have to earn his money. Uh, but hey, man, it's it's interesting. Uh, Again, we don't discriminate on this show. Uh, we're not haters. We congratulate us. Uh, we're just expressing our opinions on the situation. Uh, you know, I don't condone uh, in some of the stuff that people do, but I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that I do that people don't condone. But uh, I, I tell you what, when I turn on the TV, I'm not watching him because of uh, his sexual or his his sexual preference. I'm watching uh, to see if he's a good football player. And at the end of the day, if he's a good football player, uh, I'm going to tip my hat to him, man, because I tell you what, uh, when you put on them pads and you walk between them lines, it ain't no place for the for the weak or the faint of heart. There's things that are going to be said. There's guys that are trying to get after it and uh, take each other's heads off. And uh, I, I tell you what, from what I've seen, ain't nothing soft about him, Daryl. When he From what I've line. seen, there's nothing soft about him. You trust me, Sam. There's no way you can become the SEC de- defensive player of the year and be soft. Just don't happen like that in the SEC. Now, uh, Sam, I will say this though. I, I, I will say this. I think he has hurt his cause. I really do. I, I I really think he's he's put himself in a in a precarious situation, and and it could go either way. And I think before this situation, it could have only went one way, and that was just pretty much positive for him. I don't I don't see it now as being so. It's it's a fifty fifty. It could go either way. He could not get drafted at all, you know. But I don't think it's going to increase his his draft status. 
Whereas if he had just kept his mouth shut and went out there and did what he's supposed to do at the, at the combine, it would have increased his draft status. Uh, that is true. I really feel he's going to have to put on a good show at the combine, um, but to to make teams to get teams reinterested in him uh, after this big announcement. But uh, I, I feel that someone will take a chance on Michael Sam. Hey guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM. After the break, we're going to jump jump into the college football recruiting season. flagship station for sports voice america sports it's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here the sports girls take over the voice america sports channel every monday for the inside score beth silverberg chin chin ong and julie Bueller are here to showcase the athletes the coaches and the foundations that change lives in addition we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety Ray Ellis on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. If you're looking for a show that takes you through the process of becoming a successful college athlete, you'll want to tune into Get It Done Sports Radio with host Karif Bird. You'll find out about the how-tos of getting to the next level and the do's and don'ts when preparing for college athletics. It's a complete inside look at what's turning out the next generation of players. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, Sam, the rich get richer in this recruiting battle of college athletes going to play football. University of Alabama... They retained their title in the recruiting battle again this year with the number one ranked class. Hey, the rich got richer in Alabama. LSU got the number two team, two, two ranked recruiting class. And Ohio State with Urban Meyer. Man, this guy, for, for some reason or another, can get players to come and play for him. Well, I'll tell you what, the Urban Meyer, he, he understands uh, the recruiting 
and how it's done in the SEC. Uh, and, and I really feel that he's doing a great job of trying to get the Big Ten, Big Ten teams up the par. Uh, he said it several times that they are behind the SEC, uh, when it comes to recruiting and some of the things, uh, that they're doing. And, uh, he's been openly trying to share that with the Big Ten. But, uh, when you say the rich get richer, Darrell, you're talking about, uh, arguably the best, uh, conference in football uh in when you look at the top 10 you have seven teams in the sec that are um ranked in the rivals uh, top 10 recruiting uh and and you wonder uh where all the talent's going but when you look at drafts you see it every year uh the the conference with the most players drafted is the sec it's not even close alabama's one lsu two tennessee five texas a&m six Georgia seven, Florida eight, and Auburn nine. So uh, you, you're just talking about dominating in South Carolina and Kentucky, uh, and Mississippi cracks the top ten. So they have ten teams in the top twenty, Daryl, in, in the national rankings. And uh, what do you have? Fourteen teams or eighteen teams in the SEC. Uh, so. You wonder why they have been so dominant in college, and a lot of that talent is in the South. Uh, but the one thing we also do know is you have to develop that talent because you see some programs year in and year out, their top five recruiting classes, they can get the kids on campus. But now, Daryl, they have to, you have to develop that talent. Uh, you see some programs like Kansas State and the job that Bill Snyder's done. He does a great job of recruiting junior college kids, recruiting kids that was a, a very highly recruited. And uh, he fits them into his system. And uh, he has some pretty good ball clubs, Daryl. Yeah, well, he has, man. Uh, and, and Coach Snyder's done this for a while. He's turned some wide receivers into quarterbacks and quarterbacks into wide receivers. And uh, and he's always kept his team right there in the mix. But when we look at um, this, these SEC teams being so powerful in this recruiting battle, you got to understand, Sam, when we look at the, at the NFL draft, there are going to be more players drafted from the SEC conference than any other conference in, in, in football. And you can probably take six conferences and combine them, and you'll probably have more players drafted in the NFL from the SEC than all six of those other conferences combined. So these kids look at that. They know the best chance for them to get a shot at the NFL is to go to a SEC conference team, the best chance for them to play for the national championship in the last 10 years would be to play in a SEC conference. So I think this, you know, kids, kids are not, they're not dummies and their families are not dumb either. They know where they want their kids to go. They want them to go where they have the best opportunity to go and play at the next level. And they want them to go play at the best chance um, to play for a championship. And, and so far in the last 10 years, the SEC has definitely been that place to be. Um, and they've and, had two great additions in uh, Texas A&M and Missouri. You know, after the, after the first year, uh, I looked at Missouri and I thought that, man, I don't know if this team made the right decision. Maybe they should have um, joined the Big Ten. But uh, in year two, 
Missouri makes it to the SEC championship game and uh, had an opportunity to play for the national championship, uh, possibly if they were to be Auburn in that game. Uh, and, and I just really feel that uh, Coach Gary Pinkle has done an outstanding job at, uh, at Missouri. And, um, you know, you, you see guys uh, every year getting drafted high from Missouri. And I'm like, man, what the – what is Missouri doing? Uh, the, the great linebacker um, Smith from the 49ers, man, never heard of the kid until the draft. And then all of a sudden, this guy's one of the premier pass rushers in the NFL. Uh, so uh, you got to tip your hat to the coaches that are developing these young men. Uh, you know, the recruiting, Daryl, it could be a, a very, very uh, – cold business. You have coaches that leave and go to other schools and uh, the communication uh, with some of the guys that they were recruiting stops. Uh, but you take a case like James Franklin, he leaves Vanderbilt and he pretty much raided most of the recruits that were going to Vanderbilt because of him. And a lot of those young men ended up at Penn State and uh, Penn State had a, a pretty decent uh, recruiting class. Uh considering uh, the departure of uh, O'Brien. So uh, there's a lot of factors that uh, factor into the recruiting. Uh, there's a lot of kids out there now who are still hoping that they get a call late from a big school and uh, possibly get a scholarship. And uh, you've coached high school football, Darrell. I've coached high school football. Uh, there's a lot of kids that are just dreaming that they're going to go somewhere and uh, they don't have the talent. So, uh, you know, this recruiting, but social media and everything, it's its just on a whole nother level. Yes, it is, Sam. I mean, really. And, when and you know, I was looking at uh, Florida State. Now, you talking about the rich got richer. You know, this guy, Jimbo Fisher, I think his class was ranked um, in recruiting this year was the fourth best um, recruiting class. But <clears throat> they signed 28 kids. He seems to go down to Miami and just get what he wants out of the city of Miami. Now, that bothers me to know that um, the University of Miami is in to know that the University of Miami is in competition with Florida State, man. You know, but when you win championships, you get the pick of the litter. And Florida State pretty much got the pick of the litter in our state this year. They got the best ranked team in the state of Florida. And, uh, and Jimbo Fisher um, has turned out to be a, uh, he's always been an outstanding recruiter, but now he's turned out to be a great coach and an outstanding recruiter. And the state of Florida had best watch out because this guy is really, really doing some things down here, man. It's going to be, uh, I'll tell you, that, that the, the tailback that they took from you guys, that one's going to sting a little bit because that guy's a big-time ball player. But at the same time, that's one of the positions that you guys are very strong at. But, uh, man, when you talk about the rich getting richer, uh, Alabama, man, uh, when you bring in a class uh, like the University of Alabama, they signed 26 kids, uh, six five-stars, 13 four-stars, and I promise you the six three-stars, when it's all said and done, they're going to be just as good as any of these kids uh, in this class. Uh, but uh, when you have success, Daryl, everybody want to be a part of it. Everybody want to know what you're doing. And, and I tell you, the one that really got a lot of people is uh, Rashawn Evans. Two years in a row, the University of Alabama go into the city of Auburn, Alabama, and they plucked five-star linebackers. Last year was Foster. 
a man that had an Auburn tattoo on him, and he goes to the University of Alabama. And this year is Rashawn Evans, the five-star linebacker, uh, who some say is the best linebacker in the country, 6'3", 218 pounds, running a 4'5", 40, Daryl. They they pretty much, Daryl, they they turn down, they they turn away four and five-star kids. They got the number one defensive end in Deshaun Hand out of Woodbridge, Virginia. They got a legacy recruiter, Marlon Humphrey. His dad was a great tailback, uh, Bobby Humphrey, uh, back in the 80s. He's a six foot, 175 pound corner that has world class speed, Daryl. Again, they get the pick of the litter. When you can turn down kids, you're doing something right. Yeah, when you turn down three or four star kids, you're doing something very right. But you know, Les Miles, man, he 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 turned out a nice class too. You know, Les Miles has been getting some really good recruiting classes recently. But what has he done with those classes? You know, he, he you know he hasn't been in the, in that SEC mix in a while now. And um, I think the I, I think the fans in Louisiana might be getting a little bit unpa- impatient with Les. You know, um, but I I'm, wish Les would have left for that Texas job, man, because I really hate to I hate to say this. Les is a Michigan. He's at LSU, but he's a Michigan guy, man. And I tell you what, he is one of the most underappreciated coaches in America. He's won two national championships. He's consistently wins ten games. It's just happened that he's in the SEC, man, where you can go where you ten games is it's underappreciated at LSU, man. This guy, I mean, I don't know what he could do. Uh he hasn't been in the thick of it, but going ten and two or ten and three—that's not in the thick of it. I don't know what to call in the thick of it because most programs are, are happy with that. But that's what happened when you create that monster, man. You got to feed it. I, I would agree with you, man. You know, I, I would agree with you. But hey, he hasn't been able to feed the monster in the last couple of years, and you and I both know it. When you're in that SEC. It's about what have you done for me lately? You know, that they don't want to hear about that four years ago, man. Come on. We want to hear the, about last year. Well, there, I tell you, a team that's on the rise, in uh, my opinion, is Tennessee. I think uh, Bush Davis, he's doing a great job of, of getting guys to come in there. Uh, he replaced Dooley. And uh, I, I think I, I really like the fact that Tennessee is being patient. And uh, they're allowing him to get his guys in uh, in the system. And I really feel in another year or two, <clears throat> Tennessee is going to be back uh, in the SEC in the thick of things. Uh, but being in the thick of the things in the SEC is uh, that that might mean mean being eight and four because you're, you're talking about a very competitive conference uh, when Vanderbilt wins nine games. And then you have uh, another team. I'm looking at Auburn. They got the number nine recruiting class in the country. Uh, tremendous turnaround. I, I am so excited to see what uh, Coach Malzahn has in store for year two. This will be the first opportunity in his eight years of coaching uh, college, college football that he'll be able to work with the same quarterback. So uh, I'm just excited. It's excited to see that. Hey, well, I tell you, man, I'm a little concerned about my, my friend Mark Rick down in Georgia. Um, he's had a couple up and down seasons last couple of years. Um, they're losing their quarterback. He's going to be entering the NFL this year. And I really think that Mark is going to be getting scrutinized 
quite a bit this year. He's under a microphone, under a microscope this year, man. And um, I hope he pulls out of this thing. And I think nothing less than a visit to the SEC championship game is gonna co- is gonna keep him his job this year, man. Well, Daryl, two years ago he was in the SEC championship game, and these people are, are sport. Mark Rick is a big time coach, man. Uh, the fans are spoiled. Two years ago, he was he was close to knocking off Alabama in the SEC championship game. Uh, last year they struggled a little bit. They still made a bowl game, man. But uh, hey, Rome was built in the day, and you're talking about the toughest conference in football, man. Uh, you know, I think some of these fans need to just take a chill pill. Hey, Darryl, we got thirty seconds, man. Take us home. Hey, man, um, Michael Sams, I really applaud you for coming out and saying what you're saying, doing what you're doing. Um, I hope this doesn't backfire in your face, and I hope this is not a situation where you're looking for your 10 minutes of fame, because if that's the case, it's definitely going to backfire in your face. Good luck, brother. I'm pulling for you. Gay pride is all about it. It's about freedom of speech and freedom of rights for all Americans, not just gay and lesbian and Gendered, gendered, whatever. We're about all Americans in America. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Peace. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.